Good morning. We are in September, and we have a new theme for the month. You know, we always coordinate the themes here at Vision with the Science of Mind magazine. So this way, in your spare time, you get a chance to read some of the articles that coordinate with our theme. So we're all talking about the same thing at the same time, and isn't that wonderful? You get to read about it, you get to hear about it, you get to really contemplate these themes and on, on many different levels. So the theme for September is Facing the Fear. Facing the fear. I love that. What a great time in this country. What a great time in this, on the planet, really, to be discussing fear and how we can face it and how we can move through it. And today's talk is F everything and run. Get it? F everything and run. F-E-A-R. Get it? You get? Okay, great. I'm, I'm so glad. Okay. F everything and run. And of course, you know what the F stands for, right? Wait for it. Wait for it. Forget. It stands for forget. Forget everything and run. What were you thinking? Come on. Stay with me here. Forget everything and run. <laughs> and here's what Ernest Holmes had to say about fear from the Science of Mind textbook. He says this, but what is fear? Nothing more or nothing less than the negative use of faith. Faith misplaced. You'll recognize that from this morning's quote. But he goes on to say, a belief in two powers instead of one, a belief that there can be a power opposed to God whose influence and ability may bring us evil, right? Or what, what we would define as evil, mistakes or, or downfalls or whatever. It is not a thing in itself. Fear never was, never will be a thing in itself. It is an effect. It is not a cause. Fear is simply an effect. It is misplaced faith. It's faith in everything going wrong instead of faith in everything going right. It's a shadow side, right? There is only faith. It is the shadow side of faith. I put my trust in everything going to hell instead of everything going right. And now there are several ways that we deal with fear, right? I mean, one is forget everything and run. We do that, right? Tail between the legs, boy, we hightail it out of there. Forget everything and run. The other way we can deal with fear is to face everything and rise. And that's the last talk of this month, so keep checking back with us. I'm not gonna talk about that one now. That one's for the last talk uh, of this month. But but what we know is there are several real physiological responses to fear. Our bodies do things when fear comes up, when we face fear. And, you know, I, I know that you know that the fear response, it used to be called fight or flight, right? You've, you've heard that. That is that, that adrenaline rush, you know, that we get when we are afraid. It's called the fight or flight response. Now, there's really more to it than that, you know. They've expanded a little bit on that whole entire fear response thing, and they started calling it fight or flight or freeze because that is also one of the things we do in the moment is that we absolutely freeze. Now, I believe the fear response has been broken down into fight, flight, freeze, or fold. So we keep, we keep learning about it. We keep expanding it. We keep learning more. And, and, so, and so today's talk, right, forget everything and run, is really about that flight part of the fight, flight, 
freeze or fold. And I want to go back to the Ernest Holmes Science of Mind textbook for a moment because he had a lot to say about fear. But here's, here's one of them from page 404. He says, fear is a belief in limitation, a denial that the divine is the center and the source of all good. We absolutely forget, and that's why the F is forget. Because when fear hits us, we absolutely forget the truth of our nature. We forget we are centers of divine activity. We forget, and we go all down into our humanness. And, and that's where the fear resides, is down in our humanness. When we remember the spiritual beings that we are, there's no fear there. When we remember we are birthless, deathless, timeless, immortal beings, there's no fear there. There's nothing to fear. But when we forget our divine nature, right, we, we go down into our fear. So here's an example. You're sitting at home, reading a good book, you're, you know, because well, we're all sheltering at home, right? So you're sitting on your couch, your home's quiet, there's nobody else at home, or maybe you live alone, right? So there's just you. And you're on the couch and you're reading and you're having a moment. Maybe your tea is alongside, whatever. And you know, you hear something. You hear a disturbance in the garage. Now, several things happen at this point, right? <gasps> There's that immediate <gasps> fear. That's fear. And several things happen. Several physiological things will happen to you at that moment because, boom, the amygdala lights up. It's that part of the brain that is responsible for perceiving fear. And the amygdala responds by sending signals to the hypothalamus, which stimulates the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is responsible for things you don't have really conscious control over in your body. It's responsible for your heartbeat, for your respiration, for your blood flow, for things like that, right? That you don't have to consciously think about doing during your day. Aren't you glad about that? You don't have to remember to beat your heart, right? Or breathe your breath. It's done by the autonomic nervous system. So now one of the things that, that happens when you get lit up with fear like that is, boom, that an autonomic nervous system goes to work. And, and right away your hearing perks up. That's one of the things that it does. Along with respiration and heartbeat and digestion and pupillary response, it, it, it sharpens your hearing in moments of fear. So your body releases adrenaline and, and, and cortisol and stress hormones. These stress hormones go to work in your body. Your heart rate increases, your blood viscosity thickens, your pupils dilate, more blood goes to your large muscles like your thighs, you know, for running, right? All kinds of things happen. Your hands and feet may get cold because blood is being redirected. Your pain receptors deaden. So if you do get wounded, if you do choose to fight instead of flee, right? You don't feel it as much. So a whole host of things are going on inside of your body the moment you hear that ruckus in your garage. You get ready to fight. You get ready to flee. You get ready to freeze, to fold, whatever. Now, freeze is what happens when you don't fight or, or flee. The freeze response is, and I know you've probably heard this on the news, right, where people were like, oh, I was just, I was frozen in fear. I was frozen in fear. Now, that is the freeze response. I couldn't do anything. I was frozen, right? That's the possum, right? The possum just absolutely freezes, goes into that, that response of nothing, you know? 
go perfectly still, go perfectly still and the beast will go away. It's what they tell you when a bear walks up on you, right? Just, just play dead and the bear will sniff you and go away. The fourth response, fold, well, that is the absolute collapse of our will to live. You know, in folding in on ourselves, we actually realize in our mind, we're going to be eaten by the bear. There's no getting out of this. I'm going to check out. And we, we absolutely leave our bodies at that point. That's the, that's, the, uh, that's the collapse. That's the fold. Okay, so now let's go back. You're sitting on your couch. You hear the ruckus in the garage. You hear the noise. That is the psychological trauma. Nothing has happened to you. Nothing. Absolutely nothing has happened to you. But fear is, strikes you right? That is the psychological trauma. That's the stimulus that has started this whole cascade of events happening inside your body. So you go over to your umbrella stand and you pull out the baseball bat. Well, because you're in Southern California, nobody needs umbrellas. It never rains in Southern California. So this is where you keep your baseball bat, right? Don't you? You got your baseball bat in your umbrella stand and you get your baseball bat and you go into the garage and you flip the light on and you see the neighbor's dog stuck inside your garage because it probably wandered in when your garage door was open while you were bringing the groceries in and poor little Fifi got stuck in there when you, when you put the garage door down and the poor thing's been stuck in there for hours and is terrified. It's more frightened than you are at this point. What do you do? You raise the garage door back up you let Fifi go on her way, you know. All's well that ends well. <laughs> Your heart goes back to its normal rhythm. Those, those chemicals slowly leave your circulating bloodstream. At this point, things go back to normal. You might feel a little fatigued, but things go back to normal. Now, those chemicals in our bodies are not meant to circulate frequently. They are just the fear response. Only for that. Couple of seconds, boom, and you're done. Now, what's happened is when we are constantly under stress, when we constantly feel anxious, experiencing anxiety, feeling threatened, feeling in danger, those hormones are going to constantly circulate through our bodies at, at lower levels, higher than normal levels, and, they, and they're going to wreak havoc on our bodies, on our minds, on our spirits, on our, you know, on our souls. They, it creates wear and tear on our bodies. Now, Ernest Holmes said this in the Science of Mind textbook. He said, unfortunately, we find great faith in fear. Faith in the fear that one may lose material possessions. Faith in the fear one may lose his health, and on and on. Now, people who have experienced trauma, people who have experienced childhood trauma, uh, adult trauma, wartime trauma, traumas of any kind can become hypervigilant. They can absolutely sense danger when there is no danger. And when that happens, these chemicals that are going around circulating through us do damage in the long run, you know? And what I think I see is a lot of people right now who are out picturing this hypervigilance state. 
You know, we're in a pandemic. We're in a worldwide pandemic. <sighs> a virus that kills. And so people are in fear. It, it absolutely makes perfect sense. But the fear is what's causing all of these physiological changes in our body. We have racial tensions in this country that are running high. That too is fear. And it's causing physiological changes in our bodies. We have an election coming up. That too is fear. And it's causing physiological changes in our bodies. And this is the stuff that we want to move through to get to the understanding. Like Ernest Holmes said, fear is not real. It is not real. It is a reaction to an effect. It is not a cause. And in, the, and in Richer Living, Ernest Holmes said this. He said, we believe in the omnipresence of God. We can handle the age-old problem of fear. Fear is a belief that God is absent. It is the only devil there is. And if it governs our thinking, we experience the only hell there is. And you see, that's the problem that we have right now, is that we are looking out at a world where we have fear coming up on so many different levels. And we have to identify it for what it is. Oh my God, I'm afraid of this, or I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid something is going to happen. I'm afraid this is going to happen and I don't want it to happen, right? And so we are experiencing fear on so many different levels. And, and a lot of fear is creating a lot of physiological changes in our bodies. And I really believe it does cause us to act out, you know? We are in fear of dying, some of us. Some of us are in fear of the violence. Some of us are in, in fear of some kind of change that's going to happen in the government that we don't want. Or no change is going to happen in the government that we do want. I mean, there is all kinds of underlying fear. And what we have to keep remembering is that fear is not a thing of itself. Fear is not a thing of itself. It is the outpicturing. It is the effect. It is never cause. It is the misuse of faith, like Ernest Holmes said, right? And we're, we're afraid of all kinds of things right now, you know? Look, look if, you, if you own stock and the stock market's doing great, yay, you're loving it. If you own stock and, and you're looking at the stock market tank, you're not happy, right? And you could be in fear. If you are living paycheck to paycheck, um, you are glad you're working. Yay. If you are living paycheck to paycheck, but you just got furloughed because the business closed because of the pandemic, now you have fear up. How are you going to support yourself? How are you going to pay the rent? We all are experiencing things like that at different levels. We must go back to principle all the time. We must go back to principle. You know, if you're immune compromised, your fear is up because of the pandemic. I want to stay at home. I want to stay safe. I want to stay away from people because I don't want to be infected. I don't want to die. Brings up fear. The pandemic isn't going away. It didn't magically disappear. It's still here. It's going to be here for a while. Apparently, it looks like it's taken up residence for a while. Not good or bad. It just is. And we have to protect ourselves. And we have to use our masks. And we have to use our good sense and we have to rely on the experts, and we have to stay away from each other. We have to do all the things we've been told to do, right? And one of the things we're being told to do is to, to, to eliminate the fear, to eliminate the fear. We know that 
we all have strong opinions about things. We all believe our opinion is the best one. We all believe we know what we ought to be doing, right? To solve any and all of these things. But what I know is spirit has our back. Spirit has our back. Ernest Holmes said this in this thing called you. He said, whatever you identify yourself with, you become like. Whatever you resist until you make it a reality, you will also become like. Therefore, resist not evil and it will flee from you. Don't fight your fears. See through them. See through them. There is nothing in God's world to be afraid of. Ah. And how wonderful is that? How reassuring is that? There is nothing in God's world to be afraid of. Now, I love that quote. And I love that Dr. Holmes says to see through the fear. Because some people will just say, turn away. Just turn away. Just turn your back on them. I'm just not going to look over there. That doesn't help. Ernest Holmes didn't say deny facts. He never said deny what is happening. He never said that about life. He said that about prayer. He said that when we go into prayer, we absolutely deny. In fact, part of the five-step affirmative prayer can be denial, can it? Affirmation and denial, affirmation and denial, until we get to that declaration where we know truth. So he absolutely said that about prayer. He didn't say that about the physical world. He said to see through the effects, see through them, and go to cause at that point right? Once we know we are strictly dealing with a condition, we're not dealing with the cause. We're dealing with a condition. We can see through it. Not afraid of looking at the condition and knowing a greater truth about it. We look through the condition. We look beyond the condition to know the spiritual truth about it. And then we can go to prayer, then we can go to prayer. That's when we absolutely turn away from the condition and stay in first cause and stay in that truth and know the truth for us and declare the truth for us and make it manifest. Ernest Holmes in the Science of Mind textbook said, there is no fear in spirit and there will be none in us when we realize who and what we are. Who and what we are. And that is, is the good news. That is the good news. There is no fear in us when we remember who we are. There's nothing to be afraid of. We can move through this pandemic being unafraid, knowing truth, standing in principle. We can move through the racial tensions that are appearing around us, standing in truth, knowing, living from principle. We can go through this election cycle, standing in truth, knowing our oneness, knowing our oneness. You know, someone said this weekend that vision is a, is a community of, of um, uh, <laughs> now I can't even remember it. Vision is a community of diversity. It's not a community of divisiveness. I love that. We're a community that embraces the diversity of all life. We are part of a, a movement 
that is, is walking toward a world that works for everyone. Everyone. We are standing in the truth that people awaken to the magnificence that they are. We have to know our oneness. And one of the best ways you can do that is get off Facebook. <laughs> I'm taking a break. I am taking a break. Look, because here's the thing. It's just divisiveness. You know, I have a great strong opinion. I think mine is right. You have a great strong opinion. You think yours is right. And that's lovely. But when it devolves into name calling or better than or less than or, or all of the nonsense that's going on right now prior to the election, when it devolves into all of that, you just don't want to even have a part in it. You don't want your consciousness going there. It's like sitting in a kiddie pool, Right. Everybody's screaming and yelling and throwing things. You can't really understand what anybody's saying, and you know somebody's peed in it, okay? You just don't want to go there. So take a break. Give yourself a time out. You want to be for your guy? Be for him. I love that about us. We are passionate people here in the vision community. We are passionate conservatives, we are passionate liberals. We are passionate Republicans and, and Democrats and, and Libertarians and all kinds of things. We're passionate atheists and, you know, deists, whatever. We're passionately believing our point of view, and I love that about us. And we can do that. We can be exactly what Ernest Holmes said. We can be for something and against nothing. So, so you love your guy? Root for him. Vote for him. Work for him. Make phone calls on his behalf. Do it. Do your thing, Right? Somebody else wants their guy and loves their guy. Let him, you know, do the same thing. Root for him, vote for him, work for him. And it's lovely. And you know what? That's still playing at the level of humanity. And what I know is spirit is in charge and all as well. Do I trust either candidate? Do I trust either party? Do I trust any party? I trust spirit. I trust spirit. I know God is in charge and all is well. Remember what Ernest Holmes said, there is no fear in spirit. There will be none in us when we realize who we are. When we realize who we are, there's nothing to be afraid of. Don't be afraid of losing your money in the stock market, right? Why not? Because God is in charge and all is well. Don't be afraid of people, people marching on the street because God is in charge and all is well. Don't be afraid of the pandemic. Just do what you're supposed to be doing by isolating and wearing your mask because God is in charge and all is well. There is a spiritual truth at work here, right? I, I can look at this side of an issue, I can look at that side of an issue, but I know spiritual truth. And I know spiritual truth and I trust spirit. I trust spirit. You know, the good news is we are not only our reptilian brain. It's our reptilian brain that lights up when we, when we go into fear. But we are not just that. We are not just our reptilian brain. We have evolved. We have a mammalian brain, right? We have the limbic system. It's all about our emotions. And then over top of that, we have the neocortex. We have the homo sapien brain, which is all about the intellect. We have a lot going for us. The reptilian brain wants to keep us alive. Eat, sleep, reproduce. That's about it. That's all it wants to know. And that's what lights up when we hear something unexpected or we go to fear. Fear that there's not going to be enough. Fear that it's going to be given away. Fear it's going to be taken away from me, right? 
fear I worked hard for it and why and and why should they give why should they get it for free? You know, that's the brother of the prodigal son, right? That's his that's his main beef in that story. Wait a minute, I stayed home and worked hard. Why are you giving it away? And Spirit says, I give freely to all. Right? I give freely to all. So we have the reptilian brain, but we have the mammalian brain. We have the emotions. We have the, the neocortex. We have the homo sapien brain. We have the intellect, right? We absolutely are in good shape. <laughs> We've got a lot going for us. And most important of all of it is that fear does not exist in any true sense of the word. Fear is strictly a reaction. It is strictly an effect. It is never, ever a cause. And that, that is our salvation in our sanctuary. Fear does not even exist. You know, um, I live out in East County, and last night, you know, there's that big, that big fire out there in Hamul, and I was watching it on the news, and I was watching it, and, I, you know, there's all kinds of ash landed on the car, and I was looking at the sky and all the darkness and watching on the news how everybody was helping each other. Everybody was helping each other. People were coming out of their homes, people who had trailers and didn't have horses, or people who had horses and didn't have trailers, and people were helping people to get to safety and themselves and their animals and protecting each other's property, and nobody pre-qualified any of that with, well, what is your political affiliation? Well, should I help you if you're, you know, from the other side? Nobody said that because we are humans. And here's the thing, the, the, the master teacher said, love God with all your heart and soul and love each other. And that's the truth of us. That's what we do. That's what we're here to do. We're here to play nicely with each other. We're here to help each other out. We're here to do good work with and for each other. And Ernest Holmes said this in The Science of Mind, since we cannot contract the absolute, we shall have to expand the relative. The infinite will not be or become less than itself. We are of its nature. We did not make our own being. All we can do is accept that the being, which is some part of who we are, is part of the divine. To know this is to overcome fear. To know this is to overcome fear. Forget everything and run? Oh, pfft. no, not in the least, never. We're here to remember. We are here to remember, to remain steadfast, to know who we are, to remember whose we are. We are here to lean in, to look through the fear, look past it, to acknowledge the truth, of our oneness, to acknowledge the truth that we are spirit in form and to do the good work to demonstrate that oneness on earth. Thank you very much.